Voices of VR podcast. Hello, my name is Ken Pai, and welcome to the Voices of VR podcast. It's a podcast that's looking at the structures and forms of immersive storytelling and the future of spatial computing. You can support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Voices of VR. So in today's episode, I have Mike Salmon, who is one of the curators of the VR chat selections uh, there at Venice Immersive. And so Liz and Michelle have been integrating different dimensions of VR chat since the pandemic came about in 2020, and they actually had their festival within the context of VR chat. And then in 2021 and 2022, they've had these VR chat world galleries where they have a selection of VR chat worlds that are out of competition, but are also trying to highlight different dimensions of what's happening within VR chat in terms of world building and the different immersive stories and the experimentations. And Mike calls VR chat sort of like the YouTube of VR, where you're able to have this kind of punk DIY projects, but experimenting on different dimensions and having this whole social aspect as well to be able to explore these different dimensions. And so actually Venice this year did a lot to be able to facilitate these different world hops different selections of different worlds of uh, 30 plus worlds altogether in their VR chat worlds gallery. They had a number of different special events as well of different music events and DJs and raves and different things that they're highlighting. So different special events as well as different worlds that they're highlighting. And so we kind of talk about that whole scene and his responsibility to help to be on the frontiers of scouting out and trying to provide and curate a, a short list of different worlds for Liz and Michelle to take a look at and then make their final selections and come up with different ways of combining them into these different world hops and all the things that they had to do to be able to pull that off this year and try to really elevate what's happening in VR chat, but to introduce it to people who may not understand all the different ways of navigating and being onboarded. And so, yeah, lots of effort to be able to do that this year with a whole series of online docents and physical docents to be able to facilitate all these different VR chat events over the course of the week there at Venice Immersive. So that's what we're coming on today's episode of the Voices of VR podcast. So this interview with Mike Salmon happened on Monday, September 5th, 2022 at Venice Immersive in Venice, Italy. So with that, let's go ahead and dive right in. Hi, my name's Michael Salmon and I'm here at the Venice Film Festival and I'm producing the World section, which this year is focused on VR chat worlds. So we have three subsections of that. We have 10 headsets that are running daily world hops. So that's 30 worlds, roughly, that are broken down into eight different world hops we repeat every day. We then have six headsets that are running the pieces that are in the competition. So that's Namuanki, Uncanny Alley, and Treasure Heist. And then we have another three headsets that are running two really cool performances, Type Man and Gumball Dreams. Yeah, maybe you could give a bit more context as to your background and your journey into immersive media. Yeah, sure. So uh, I used to work at NBC Universal and I was in an innovation team there. So my job was to scout interesting technologies and various different companies and services that we thought that the business might be able to adopt. So that was going out to startups and finding new tech. And basically one of the guys in the IT department who worked next to me got an Oculus Rift from the Kickstarter. 
And at that point, I was completely smitten and really annoyed my boss and my boss's boss by completely turning my back on all other technologies and just focusing entirely on how I could just make a career out of doing VR, which spent most of the time sort of begging people for money to make projects or, you know, getting GoPros and sticking them together and going out to the news team and and helping them learn how to stitch content. And um, yeah, we, we ended up setting up an immersive entertainment team there for a little bit. We made a metaverse platform called Universal Worlds, but unfortunately it was a little bit ahead of its time and it got canned. And at that point I left and started up doing my own thing. And you also worked on a project called Eleven Eleven, is that right? Maybe you'd talk a bit about some of those other projects that you worked on. Yeah, sure. So Eleven um, Eleven was a, a project that I worked on with a producer called Marad Nori. He was also with me at Universal when it was for sci-fi and we showed that at South by Southwest and Venice in 2019. So it was very much influenced by like punch drunk style immersive theatre. So the idea was it was 11 minutes and 11 seconds until the end of the world, bombs were going to drop, everyone was going to die. There was one last ship that was going to take off and We had this huge island that we'd made and there were six stories that all played out in real time during that 11 minutes and 11 seconds. And you could choose which character you wanted to start the experience with, but you were free to either follow that character's experience or you could detach from them and just wander around the space completely freely. And if you walked up to, let's say, a a burning building, You could fast forward and rewind time using the controllers so you could then sort of rewind and find out why that blew up. And then we also gave you a couple of different ways that you could view the experience. So while you were using it, you could press the controller buttons and you could change from being first-person view and then rise up to what we call goddess mode. So you could watch all those six sort of stories playing out in miniature below you. Yeah, there's a lot of really innovative controls on that. And I think I actually have a unpublished interview with your other co-producer, co-director on that piece that I want to get out at some point languishing in the backlog. But I think it's a really innovative piece that does give me a, a lot of that Sleep No More immersive theater vibes. And I met you at that South by Southwest. And then I think our next encounter was for Rain Dance. We were both jurors on VR chat worlds. And I think we had quite a number of epic experiences including the devouring i think we had a whole like six hour experience me you and joe hunting who ended up going on and directing we met in virtual reality but i guess before we sort of dive into that aspect the, when was your introduction to vr chat when did that come onto your screen to start going into these different worlds to the point where you were selected as a juror by maria from rain dance Sure. Well, before I was into VR chat, so I I experimented with lots of social VR platforms during the sort of early DK one, two days. And so in the early days, I was more drawn towards alt space because I think like most people who use VR chat for the first time had a few hairy experiences and the community within Altspace seemed a little less like the YouTube comments section, you know, like a little less crazy. And so I actually went to like the first Altspace big party where they did the Super Bowl screening and, you know, there's like a hundred people in a space and I was just completely besotted by this idea of hanging out with folk in VR and 
and there's a guy called Nate who worked there and I ended up like DJing at his club in like 2018 and in fact I was so besotted by it that I ended up like carting my own gear down to meetups in London and I would set up like an alt space station so that the guys who were working there could then meet people very much like we're doing here in Venice now and so that we could meet people and take them around because I just I wanted people to understand that VR isn't this isolating experience that at the time was the narrative you know it was like you know you put a headset on and that's it and and so yeah so that's what I found really exciting was this idea of connecting with people and so I think part of my personality is to get slightly overexcited about things. So as soon as I got into VR chat, I would tell everybody <laughs> that, 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 that would listen that there was this incredible community of people. I met the Metaverse crew early on and I met them through Joe Hunting. I'd seen a bid that had come up for some money that was meeting people, for doing something with English and South African companies. And so I was asking him, do you know anyone from South Africa? Because I really want to apply for this and see if we can get some money to build a world. That didn't come through, but I met some of the most creative and like amazing people that, like some of my best friends in the world are people that I've met during Metaverse crew meetups. We meet up every Thursday, we hang out. There are some very clever folks in there who do Discord sessions and help people learn how to make avatars, how to make worlds. You know, I've tried to learn to use Unity like four or five times, you know, and you, you have that FPS shooter that's part of the tutorial. And every time I get like three quarters of the way through it and I think, ah, sod this, I can't do it. You know, the feedback loop is too long. I'm not seeing something that I actually enjoy, that I can be proud of. And so I sat down, went to a couple of tutorials that Metaric did, and he teaches in a way where you say, look, you just chuck these things together, press these buttons, and look, you've made something. And I did it, and I made something. In fact, uh, I, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, who knows. Uh, I pulled all the assets out of 11.11. <laughs> And, and you know, just literally went into the build, just ripped everything out and then made like a little remix world. Put a video screen in there, put a breakcore DJ on, DJing in the background. And I was like, my God, like I've made something, I've created something. And that really stirred me on to want to really explore what's happening on the platform. I think I've actually been in that world where you kind of like run around all these different tunnel like things up in the air and it's kind of that you climb up a mountain and you have some music playing and yeah. you, you have a big music connection as well your style of music is not necessarily my style but maybe you could talk about some of the types of music experiences that you like to have within vr chat yeah so when i in in, in a myth spent youth i used to go to a lot of warehouse parties and we used to run a sound system and a club night called cracked and we used to play like weirdy beardy electronica and breakcore and lots of very sort of noisy, noisy stuff. So I've always had that music background. Music's a very big passion of mine. So when I found that there was this huge rave community in VR chat, it got me incredibly excited. And so we've done two shows here at Venice actually, where we've had on Friday night, we had Soda, which was an African night really incredible so the guys have a club in johannesburg they have a digital twin of that club in vr chat 
So people from all around the world can hang out in this digital twin of the club and watch the music that's happening in the club. But in the club, they have screens, so all the people in the club can see what's going on in VR chat. They also have headsets, so the folks in the club can then put the headset on and come out and hang with us in VR. So those sorts of connections are incredible. And then on Saturday night, we threw basically a rave. We threw a Sanctum party. And the Sanctum guys have the most incredible club. It's like this big gothic church and you sort of find your way through and you find this like reactor room that has dancers it has incredible live visuals and it's just all of the sort of creativity that goes with running sound systems and doing music is live in vr chat and if there's any sort of music you like you'll be able to find something on the platform like even the stupid things that i listen to like there's a night called vibe tribe where you can just go and listen to like incredibly ridiculous speedcore and hardcore that makes me incredibly happy <laughs> yeah ghost club i think has some interesting the japanese club that has a lot of independent or just musicians from japan one that i really enjoyed and appreciated that was actually also featured here at venice was pk aka the king deluxe is the label that pk has but they had a LLLL because it was like a music video journey that you go on I don't know how you would describe it but taking a performance and using a lot of shaders but instead of just a club turning it into like a world building like adventure where you're actually moving through spaces which is another one Oxymore which you can also talk about which was another production by VR Room uh, which has just again from each of the songs that were being played on this set moving through different spaces and so maybe you could talk about some of that evolving of taking different aspects of the vr chat world building and starting to apply it to some of these different dj sets yeah so i think uh, i often refer to vr chat as like the punk element of what's happening at, at this festival and the reason i say that's because you can do anything the only limits are like bandwidth processing speed and imagination so when you have people like the guys at Vroom who did Oxymore and PK who did the 4L show, you know, what they're doing is they're exploring what's it like when you're not trying to recreate the real world. And so that PK show is a really great example of that because that's like a, it was the launch of an EP and you have, I think, maybe five or six songs that all play out. It's a little bit more of like an independent label and some like indie music when I hear it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you start off in the club and then it starts to rain in the club and the, the club then sort of melts away and you're in the middle of this really beautiful space. And slowly by slowly, you know, you have this journey where the ground lifts up, you end up in space and then you have all of these mad trippy visuals and then you come back to this place which feels like you're on a sort of mushroom trip in the, in the middle of this space. And I love that because there's this sort of environmental storytelling that goes with the music. And the same with Oxymore. And you've got people like Om3 who runs Mass. You know, you're in the middle of a Mass club and it's in this sort of crazy sci-fi space. And then suddenly out of nowhere the roof disappears. And you're in the middle of this beautiful stars and everything else. And then later on you've got flames that come out of the dance floor. And so there's this amazing sort of creativity, which means you don't have to necessarily recreate a stack of speakers in a club environment. Yeah, maybe you could talk a bit about the process of putting together the selection of the VR chat worlds, because I know there's like a number of different phases of curating, and there's not necessarily even like a submission process. It's a little bit more of 
like there was a thing that you said around how VR chat is kind of like the YouTube of VR, and maybe you could sort of elaborate on that and then also talk about the curation process. Yeah, that, so the, the YouTube analogy comes from the fact that it's this democratizing platform, right? If an idiot like me can watch a few tutorials and, um, and, and make something that they can be incredibly proud of, then you know, people who have like real developer skills can make absolutely anything. But the key thing is, for me, the content doesn't need to be an epic story. It doesn't need to have a team of developers that have hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of funding. You know, you can have a world which is a trippy shader, done really well, because the whole point of VRChat is you're hanging out with friends, you're spending time on the platform and then going out and discovering content. So those pieces of content can be these tiny bite-sized pieces, or they can be the devouring and take 10 hours to complete, right? But, but it means that you have this ability to express artistic visions that don't need to be funded by an arts council. You don't need hundreds of thousands of dollars to produce them. So that's why I sort of liken it to YouTube. Anyone can make a YouTube video and upload it. Anyone can make a, a VR chat video with a small amount of knowledge. But for this selection, I've been like a big champion of VR chat and spent some time with Liz and Michelle, who are the curators, and you know, taking them on world hops and showing them lots of this great stuff. And they're so receptive. I'm very honored to be involved in such a prestigious event. And I, I have complete imposter syndrome when I'm here, where we've got all these amazing creators and I'm larking about in, in VR chat raving. Um, <laughs> um, but so, you know, it's not like they didn't feature social VR before. You know, they've had worlds that were built in high fidelity finding pandora x was a vr chat world that was a performance and that won one of the awards in previous years but so i think what happened was when the pandemic hit you know they did the 2020 show in vr chat and it was so much fun and that you know liz and michelle just wanted to improve on that for the next year like how do we embrace the community whose platform that we used and brought us such joy so they came up with the idea of having a world's gallery. So out of competition, right? they have VR chat worlds that submit like any other project to be part of the main competition. But they wanted to do an out of competition section that was just a way of highlighting the amazing creativity that is on the platform. Because you know, lots of people have been coming up to me during this event and saying, oh my God, I get it now. You know, they've been on a world hop, they've seen what happens. Most people who use VRChat end up, they look at the menu system, they go to the popular worlds like Black Cat or The Great Pug. You know, they're in the middle of screaming teenagers being idiots, right? Jenny, who is in We Met in Virtuality, was saying, it's like going to a pub at 3 a.m., walking in, loads of people screaming and being idiots and saying, I hate this country. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's a perfect way of putting it. So yes, so what I've been doing here is basically indoctrinating people into 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 what's going on the platform. So I keep like a big Excel sheet of all of the worlds that I go to that I really enjoy, and then during Liz and Michelle's selection process, I have a list of maybe two hundred worlds, and I consult with the gurus out there who. I really respect their opinion and, and so people like Fiona will help suggest a bunch of worlds and then I have like a, a really long list of worlds and then during the two weeks of selection we do world hops every single day and at the end of it the curators then choose what they want to show at the festival. Yeah I actually had a chance to catch up with Fiona aka Jen Davis Wilson 
who helps run the, the VRC prefab community, which is a lot of the techniques and tools. And I was talking about her process and she says that every new world that comes up, she goes into like the new worlds. And so she, she puts together actually a curated list every month of the different worlds from everything immersive. She comes up with her monthly suggestions. And so if people are inspired by this election, I highly recommend tracking down Fiona, a.k.a. Jen Davis Wilson. She does the monthly curation for everything immersive. I know she's deeply connected and up to speed and all the different stuff that's out there. And she also mentioned that she was helping to recommend different people to help work uh, the different shifts because you have not only the selection process, but you also have different layers of people working. You have people that are actually embedded and maybe say VR chat natives in some sense that are uh, helping to uh, instruct and be the docents in the virtual spaces and also just to help onboard people. And then there's the people who are the physical docents who are helping people on the technology side, making sure if anything's going wrong. So maybe you could just talk a bit about that process of organizing this because normally when people do VR chat world hops, they're already indoctrinated, let's say, you know, so to try to onboard people into that, then there's a lot of handholding in order to help teach them the system and help give them some sense of what a world hop is all about. Yeah, so last year when, when everything was virtual, we had the virtual world and we had portals to all the worlds that were in the selection. And then we did maybe three or four world hops in the evening as one-off events. I ran one, Joe Hunting ran one, Fiona ran one, Liz ran one. And um, Were they, were they uh, worlds that were in the selection or just random worlds that you were selecting? Each person who ran the world hop chose what they wanted to put in. So some had some from selection, but there were lots that weren't. But what we found was people who weren't VRChat natives, when we said, okay, we've got this world and all the portals are over there, go and have a look. They didn't get the right experience because quite often they were going in on their own. And so just having a bit of a wander around a bunch of worlds that we'd suggested that's not the VR chat experience, right? Just, you know, having a bit of a, a nose around. So what we decided was, if we're going to do it, we want people from the VR chat community to sort of take people by the hand and show them around. And we, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is VR chat is, you know, for people that are new to VR, it is a little tricky. There are quite a few controls. There are things that you have to learn. So having someone there to help you is very, very helpful. But the other thing is, is that we want this experience to be a window into what it's like in VRChat. And these are all folks who spend their time in there, world hopping, hanging out and having fun. And that's exactly what we've got. So we've got lots of people from the community. And so part of the experience is just chatting to them on a human level about what it's like spending time in VR chat and so that's one of the reasons why I think it's been such a success and why people have come out saying oh now I get it because they've had that sort of connection with the natives of the platform. Yeah I, it, I have a story of leading up to Venice is that all the different 30 VR chat worlds were announced ahead of time and so many of them I think actually all of them are already public and so I went through and the list because I wanted to just see the selection and see what was there how I start to think about the different genres of different types of pieces and so I was systematically going through them and I was taking photos and just kind of like logging them in my mind just by myself and just kind of at my own pace because I was wanting to just get through all the worlds before I took my trip to Venice and so I had on though the join me if you want and so I was going through some of the worlds and I had some people pop in and I was kind of like then I caught up with them and then 
I was like, you know what? There's this one world that I actually want to check out with some other people. I've heard a lot of really great things. It's Dr. Morrow's organism. And so I know it's a big, vast world and it'd be fun to be able to go in there. And so what happened was that we went in there and no one had been in there. And then someone else's friend who was a friend of a friend come in and said, this is my favorite world. I'm going to go along with you and I'm going to make sure that you don't miss anything. But this is a world that you need to just kind of explore on your own and I'll help guide you to make sure that we can kind of move along. And so it was basically like a pleasure for this person. It's like, this is my favorite world. Anytime I see my friends go in there, I'm going to come in. And we had this VR chat experience in that sense because it was like this walking around in this constant state of awe and wonder of like the vast getting to the mind of Dr. Morrow of the surreal nature of all the different worlds. I've never seen a world that was that big and that vast. It was so incredible i just want to sort of give him a shout out but also he's got the olympia knights another world that as i was on the jury for rain dance and that was the one that actually won the selection there's something about the way that he lays out the architecture of a space that when you go around the corner it's like you discover a whole new realm and so i think that in this piece of organism there's all these corners and impossible spaces but kind of like this surrealistic twist and, and a lot of embedded Russian culture and Russian language that's in there that I don't fully grok but it seems like it's a place where you go to and it puts me into this state of awe and wonder but also there is this group exploration because it is such a big space you're very likely to go in there and miss something but having a group of people that are able to share that as an experience to do this collective sense making so I felt like I had the true like VR chat experience leading up to it that was able to kind of recreate that especially in that world yeah that that world particularly has a bit of a special place in my heart because you know one of the things that I had to do for this was work out how long I think it was going to take someone to do the world and then work out how many worlds should be in each hop and so we could time it out that they would last the hour and so you know I'd go in and plan a route and I'd take lots of photos so that I could then say to the tour guides like okay so this is the route that we're going to take and so I did that maybe three times, and every single time that I did it, I found something that I hadn't seen before. And sometimes it wasn't just, oh, look, there's an interesting corridor with an effect. I found, like, an entire wing of the space that I hadn't explored. And so, yeah, that was really, really special. And, it, and it's the same thing also with the other world that's in the selection, Olympia Nights. You know, I was looking around a, a tower, and I fell off the tower... And when I fell off the tower, I looked round and there was a little entrance in the bottom of the rock formation that it was in. You went into this cave underground and then it basically, it turns into, I won't, I don't want to mess it up for anyone, but if you find that cave, it leads you to an incredibly surreal and trippy end to exploring that world, which again, like there's no wayfinding, you know, it's not a game. It is just a space that is there to be explored and the joy comes from exploring it and discovering and finding new things and that that's actually like a big part of why I really enjoy VR chat it reminds me very much of you know when I used to be a very avid record collector you know my friends used to laugh that they never really heard me play the same record twice you know it's all about discovery it's all about discovering new things and and that very much fits with that nature of VR chat. You know, the idea is that, you know, that's how I use it. People use it in all manner of different ways. I've got friends who their idea of a good time in VR chat is to go into the public instances and go and make friends with people they've never seen before. 
the thing that I love is discovery and finding new things and going on world hops with Metaverse crew, finding worlds that they've made or that other people have made, and then sharing that. Yeah, well, let's briefly talk about the VRChat worlds that are in competition because you have Uncanny Alley, Nama Unki, Fins, who's got the Treasure Heist. He's also got Magic Heist and District Roboto. Fins actually has three VRChat worlds, uh, two out of competition, one in competition. I think that's worth shouting out. Dr. Morrow has two. I mean, there's some others that have some photogrammetry worlds in there. And then you have Type Man, which is an immersive theater piece. And then you have the Gumball Dreams, which is another VR chat piece that originally started with the Gumball Dreams by Screaming Color, which I think we took a world hop through that with Screaming Color, who gave us this guided tour. That's an instance of taking an established world and putting an immersive theater piece on there. So sometimes the actual creators are dropping in. I know that Fins dropped into the sessions. I know Kevin Mack has been dropping into different sessions. And Metaric from Uncanny Alley, he was the one who gave me the tour here as we were going through the different worlds. So yeah, in this, this case, you have the guided tour, but not only the guided tour from the docents, but the actual creator to be able to do the walkthrough of a piece. And so, yeah, maybe we could talk about the VR chat worlds. I guess there were submissions that are being made is that something that you were like reaching out and encouraging people from a VR chat community? Because Venice may not be on their radar at all. So, you know, just the process of like taking these different worlds that were kind of set apart from the other worlds gallery that are actually in the same competition as with all the other experiences here at Venice. Yeah, I think that that's the thing that I am most interested in working on going forward is the fact that the world building community is very new to the festival circuit. And although you know we've had Venice in the past and we've had rain dance and it's not something that necessarily like a lot of the people understand. And conversely, you know, a lot of the creators I think when they saw that we had 19 headsets here doing VR chat were a little surprised that the Biennale is celebrating world building in, in such a big way. And I, I want to help the world builders understand that the content that they're making is just as valid as anything else that is at the festival. And to learn that submission process and understand that at certain times of the year, it's a good idea to have their worlds ready and they need to premiere and everything else. But we're very lucky to have some incredible creators. So, you know, so Kevin Mack had a piece in last year's Venice called Andala, which was an incredible piece. And Kevin joined us for pretty much every event that we ran. I think I ran 25 events in VRChat over the course of that, that festival, like including Meet the Creators. And we did, we did raves at Shelter and Mass. And we, we did guided meditations and Jean-Michel Jarre concerts. And we did a very, very big program of, of events. And Kevin was there for everything came to all the world hops and you could just see a switch go off in his head it's like this this is why I what this is why I was into VR I think you know and so it was really exciting to see him he joined the metaverse crew very quickly and then was reaching out to everyone like how do I do this how do I get my shaders to work because his procedural shaders are basically magic so his world Namuanki is this sort of exploration of an alien world which has come to him in visions from these ancient elders him from the future from the future yes absolutely and there's this causal loop between these visions and the fact that this race of beings comes into existence and listening to him doing this tour I, I've done it I don't know four or five times with him now and it's wonderful because 
I genuinely believe that it's true. <laughs> um, so then we have Uncanny Alley by Meta Rick. And one of the things I'm really excited about that is he has this connection between VR chat and the sort of more open metaverse. So you spend your time going through this incredible metaverse focused world, the sort of very grimy and very punk. And you're looking for this character called Ghost. And it turns out that she's escaped and she's not just escaped, but she's escaped VR chat. And when you finish the world, you can open up, if you go to uncannyalley.io, you can open up a web-based experience, which is something akin to sort of VR chat, but running entirely in the cloud. And that's where you find Ghost. And so we had a technical issue where he'd built it on one platform. Because the servers were based in Japan, it was loading too slowly. So he just rebuilt it, put it on another one, and actually there was a portal. So the first one was on the VKET cloud platform. And if you ran through a portal, it just opened up another web tab and you were in this different platform called Hyperfly. And doing that was just an absolute shock because it totally shows this idea of the sort of open metaverse and how things are gonna change, how you're gonna have this interoperability between worlds that is basically the internet. Yeah, and then, and then we have Finns. So Finns is absolutely one of my favourite VR chat creators. His world, Aquarius, which is just this beautiful aquarium space, is somewhere where I quite often go to hang out when I just need to chill out. And so he's created this huge ancient Egypt-inspired quest game. And he just makes these incredibly cinematic worlds where you have all these cutscenes and things which feel like they're out of a, a video game. And, and like one of the things that we keep saying is we're looking at the other experiences here that take years to make and, and these huge budgets. And then you talk to Finns and you say, so uh, how long is it taking you to make Treasure Heist? Is that, oh, you know, a month and a half? <laughs> he's a really exquisite world builder and he does a lot of commissions and, you know, a lot of worlds that he's putting out. So that's, yeah, he's really... The, the process of building out those worlds and the different puzzles and also with the magic heist which I think had shown earlier that I think I saw it at Rain Dance was an experience that is a little bit more of a cinematic where you get onto a ride and it has a little bit more of an explicit narrative and so there's a lot of worlds that are environmental storytelling and this was trying to be a little bit more explicit of trying to push the forms of combining the process of moving through a space but also trying to use the space to tell a larger story which I think has started to get into some of those different dimensions. Uh, Stay Alive My Son is another piece here that I think starts to use the metaphoric translation of a story of uh, the genocide in Cambodia but you're moving through a space that has a lot of symbolism that's reflecting back into different dimensions of the character and the environment and the story and so I think the aspect of you're building VR chat worlds and most of the VR chat worlds is meant to be kind of a neutral background that because you're there with your friends and you're just trying to have a chat but to add dimensions of the story I think that's I think the next frontier of you know here like Kevin Mack here is saying he can do a guided tour and tell that story but what's the process of automating that or embedding that within the world obviously there's the devouring that has a lot of like puzzle games and storytelling but some of those different types of puzzle games don't tend to be 
selected for the Venice competition just because I feel like escape rooms and puzzle games, there's obviously, you know, Ascenders here and there's plenty of different VR chats that are more of the escape room genre. But I feel like storytelling is things that kind of set it aside into the next level. And there is actually one escape room around Tesla that's in the Worlds Gallery. But yeah, I'd love to hear any reflections on the structures and forms of the different types and genres of VR chat worlds. Yeah, so we, we have a very wide selection of worlds in the selection. And in all honesty, ones that I kind of can't believe that I've got away with showing. <laughs> you know, it always makes me so happy when I show something to Liz and Michelle that I think this is far too left field. There's no way that this is going to make it. And they come back and they come out with grins on their faces going, that was brilliant. We've got to have it. So we have things like Fractal Explorer, which is a, it's a music visualizer, but it is just this giant wall of fractals. You go in there, you choose the music that you want. It streams it in from YouTube. And then it's just this concophony of shapes and colors. And it's just a really heavy, visceral experience. And we have things like, you mentioned Ghost Club. We have Q Archive from Ubaki. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Ubaki. And so, you know, that is essentially like a sort of music video for a piece of really nice techno. We have a piece that is set on a tube train, which again is like a really amazing sort of music video piece. But again, they're not music videos. They're these sort of experiences that that you can walk through and you can spend time in and it, it, you feel like you're part of what's happening. Then we also have three pieces by Noble Choco. And he actually turned up at the festival, which was wonderful. And so he's been out doing photogrammetry captures so you can explore parts of Venice. And we've had, while the people are doing the world hops, you've had people walk past and sort of point and go, oh, I was there this morning, which is really nice. Yeah, there's also a really vast port where you start to combine the photogrammetry with the grappling mechanics. And so you can actually grab the grappling things and kind of swing around. And so using different VR chat aspects to kind of move around. I really like the, it's called the Dice Club. There was music playing, but you're in the club and you start to play around with the shaders. And just to see what I imagine is that you like are putting on some augmented reality glasses and all of a sudden everything just looks super trippy with all these edge detection shaders and whatnot. But you're in VR and so you have the ability to be in these clubs and see the different ways of modulating that. The way that I start to think about it is that there's the different types of experiences in clubs. There's the photogrammetry worlds. There's a lot of different sort of explorations and a couple of pieces from Japan. And so for me, that was interesting just to see how, you know, you have a lot of the virtual world creation, but then you have the reality capture, which I guess in some ways could be thought of like the documentary form of world building, which is to go out, capture something in the physical reality and bring it into VR chat. You know, some of the different spaces I was able to walk around in that selection and going from a cave in Japan or another ritual space in Japan and maybe just kind of elaborate on the form of photogrammetry as it fits into the wider VR chat community. Yeah, so I think the, the cave Okinawa is a really good example of that because it is not necessarily the professional level of photogrammetry that you would get in other parts of the competition if they were using that technique because they've not necessarily gone through the painstaking cleanup that is required with a lot of that technology. But then when you get to the end of the cave, you click on something and it shows that it was basically you know, done on an iPhone. 
you know and so again i think it just goes towards this thing that's like anyone can make something in, in vr chat and so the fact that people can experiment with reality capture and also like play with like one of the things that i really enjoy about those reality capture worlds is the errors are there on display and it makes them like all the more interesting to explore because the errors actually make these really beautiful weird broken glitchy patterns like you look into the the shop windows through venice and you know you don't see the beautiful masks and everything you see this sort of weird distortions that come with it and i actually kind of prefer them to be in that sort of slightly rough odd state one of the I guess one of the genres that I identified and I don't know if it was the, the way that the world hops were structured is not the way that I was categorizing my own mind, but there was worlds that were playing with lighting. So there was a piece by Fens, District Roboto, which is a beautiful exploration of lots of different types of lighting and lighting scenes that just really gave me this deep sense of being in another place. And then there was like this another world where I was like playing with shadows and playing with light and then another world where there was all these dinosaurs that had the movement of the shadows in the background and all those were playing with light and shadow in a way that I thought was particularly interesting and maybe you could talk about some of those experiences that were kind of like exploring different lighting conditions but also the more interactive aspects of the light. Yeah so the interesting thing about Distributo is it's like a homage to to a, a game called Stray and one of the things that's amazing about Stray is the various different ways they approach lighting. It's an incredibly beautiful game. So one of the things that I think Fins was trying to do is work out like how do I push lighting in VR chat worlds because you, know, you, you can't really do real-time lighting in VR chat. You can, but it's very processor intensive. So you have to bake a lot of the lighting, which means that things like casting shadows becomes a lot more difficult. So Shadow Factory, you know, it's a very simple world. It's just full of like pieces of, of geometry and lots of sort of light that comes from different angles that causes the geometry to cast shadows on the wall. And you can sort of play with torches so that you can make your own color maps on the wall through the geometry. But there's one room where they have these balls of light and each ball is a different color of the spectrum and you're able to move those balls around and what that does is it splits the light so you end up having these incredible light patterns sort of dancing all over the walls and then you can pick the geometry up and it has a sort of anti-gravity so you can throw a piece of, of geometry that slowly moves through the space and as it does that it casts all these beautiful patterns on on the wall so it's a very sort of calming relaxing space and I've again like Aquarius it's a place where I have actually gone gone to um, put a bit of music on in the background and spend a bit of time just there to sort of decompress I might in fact I might do that after this festival because I definitely need to decompress <laughs> yeah that, that was a world where when I was playing around with it, it it's really compelling because your brain is trying to predict what's going to happen next and so you have a light source and you have these objects moving through the space and your brain is kind of like okay what's the pattern on the light going to look like as you do that and so it's a very satisfying type of experience that I found kind of just moving and interacting with the objects and, and, and I think you know and, and you think you know that is not an experience that you would download from the app store 
you know and i think that is the important message in this you know is that these bite-sized pieces of content that are just a piece of art for art's sake it is something that is beautiful and something to experience you know you would never download that as an application you know pay for it and then boot it up and then you know spend two minutes in it five minutes in it ten minutes in it and then and then move on and it's because vr chat is this space where you jump from world to world discover things have friends you know i've been back to shadow factory so many times on world hops because liking it back to you know buying records back in the day it's like you get excited about showing off introducing people to new genres of music and it's the same with with world hops people are very proud when they've found a good one and they're able to then go out and disseminate that amongst their friends yeah i was having some dinner with some friends in venice and thinking about the future of the metaverse and based upon a lot of the dystopic science fiction and for me when i think about the metaverse i think about when I come here to Venice and how I'm coming into this building, this physical space, which is apparently where they used to have like quarantine for people who are sick. And so it's got all these wings. But within each of these wings, you have these boots where you can sort of jump into a metaphoric portal into another world. And then you come back out and then but you're back into the space. And I think about that, like that's kind of like what the metaverse might be is like this way to go into a door and back out through that door back to the place you were. And so in some sense, there is a Venice immersive 2022 VR chat world that when you go to the bottom, there's actually portals to each of these different VR chat worlds so that people could go into each of those worlds. The problem is, is that there's no link back into the world. So you can go back out into the door, go back to another space. You kind of have to go back through the menu system. It'd be nice to have a VR chat system, remember where you came from so that you could go back to a place and walk through a door to go back to the original place. So you can have a little bit of that persistent physical reality experience that we have here in Venice where you go into an experience and come back out because it would be nice to just like go into that VR chat world, go in and kind of pop in between. But the way that it's kind of architected with VR chat software, it's more about you kind of have to already have it on your list or favorite it or have like a separate spreadsheet and then invite yourself. It's kind of like a, you know, which is what I did. I made a big spreadsheet. I had all these links. I would pull up my steam menu, look at my desktop, go to a Chrome and then, you know, open up all these tabs and then one tab by one and then invite myself and go back into the VR chat and then jump into that world. That's like the hack, but it would be a lot nicer to be able to create a system in the same way that the internet could hyperlink and you go outward, but you have a back button on the web browsers to go back, but there's no back button within VR chat to go back to the previous world. And I think that would help create the surfing the web type of vibe that you could start to have aggregator sites or sites like Venice that are trying to curate these sites so that it would just make the world hop easier to discover these worlds. Yeah, and that's exactly what we'd, we want the Venice world to be like a testament to the event, you know, and, a, you know, stand the, the history of time, go back and see what was happening. But yeah, those sorts of tools are very difficult to create. And I think the more web-based version of these sort of social platforms, when that technology evolves, is where I think all of this is is going. You know, I, the idea of I don't want to run separate applications for everything. I want to be able to flick between one, the other, and I think you know this is where some there, there's a lot of controversy around nfts and crypto wallets and everything especially within the vr chat community it's pretty anti nft in a lot of places but this well, they've actually the company policy that it's against their term of service and community guidelines to have any 
NFT. But anyway, I just want to... Yeah, I, I, and and I, I don't know the reason, but part of that, I think, is because Steam have obviously have banned NFTs. And so Steam-banned NFTs have VRChat probably can't do it, right? Whether they want to or whether they don't. But this idea that, you know, I might have a wallet that has an avatar in it. So if I have my MetaMask wallet and I jump from the VKEP platform to Hyperfly to Webiverse to, and, you know, I can keep my bunny avatar, now that becomes uh, really interesting. Yeah, is there any other worlds that are here that you want to give a shout out for things that, you know, we uh, talked about different genres. There's music shader worlds that are selected in there and a number of the world Open worlds are my personal favorite, the Dr. Moro worlds or the Organism and the Olympia Knights. And there's also like Interstitium or something like that. And then there's Thins's Magic Heist, I think is worth checking out in terms of a vast world of journey. There's the escape room. Is there other worlds? Yeah, I think there's one that I'd like to give a shout out to because it's part of a culture that I find really interesting. So one of the worlds is called the Rat King. So the Rat King is this spooky old house and if you open the door you can go down to the cellar and you go down and down and down and down and then down a bit more and then you fuck for down down this dark corridor and at the end of this dark corridor there's like a missile silo and it's another rave space but what i find really joyous about that is that it's always there anyone can uh, the video player in there is open so all of the vr chat rave scene all runs through video players and putting links into video players there's a, a cdn system called vr cdn which most of the clubs use so i i use that so that i i have my dj decks in real life set up and then i can dj in vr chat and then i can run a night in Rat King because that player's open. And I find that, re- like, that just, I think, says a lot about the way that this community works. It's, like it's not, not only have they made a venue and they put on events there, they leave it open so anyone can set up an instance and put on their own show. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I love all the punk vibes of VRChat. Do you have any punk background? Well, you know, like, who doesn't have a few punk records in their record collection? You know, as a kid, I might have written Sex Pistols on my jeans when I was a little kid. But I just, you know, it's these DIY vibes, which makes the place very special. Great. And, uh, And finally, what do you think the ultimate potential of virtual reality might be and what it might be able to enable? Well, you know, you know, the piece, the piece that I've been talking about is moving to something which is online, where it's websites, where it's open, where I can create an avatar and drag and drop it onto a website and it appears because it's in the right file format. You know, it's incredibly early days, but that's the thing that really like has opened my eyes when Metarick showed me that portal that he made. That's the thing that I find incredibly exciting because you know that's where you start to lose all these barriers to entry. You know, we were talking to Rick. I had his his world open on my phone, and you know, and I was chatting to a bunch of people, and I was like, "Hey, meet Rick!" And we were just like shouting at my phone, and we were talking to him, and he was an avatar in this three D world, and so. As soon as you start to reduce all of these barriers to entry, you don't necessarily need your headset, although a headset's always going to be better. You know, you don't need the PC, you don't need all of this stuff. You know, when you get to something that is 
like Mozilla Hubs, but you know, developed in a way where you're able to build things that have the sort of level of sophistication and creativity that VR Chat does. That's where I think things get incredibly exciting. Awesome. Is there, is there anything else that's left unsaid that you'd like to say to the broader immersive community? Not that I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> no, no final thoughts? Um, just, I guess, I guess, okay, my, I guess my final thought is if you have tried VR chat in the past and had a bad experience because you have been at that bar at 3 a.m. and decided that you hate the country, I would definitely suggest come find us at the Metaverse crew. We've got a Discord that you can find and join us. Like, come say hi. We're a very open group of people. We love meeting new people. We love helping people with getting started with world building. So go back into the headset and give it another go. <laughs> awesome. Well, I've really enjoyed going through a lot of the different VR chat worlds. I actually did a little world hop just to get a little a bit of the taste. And, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, I guess, the onboarding the the newcomers it ends up taking you know 15 or 20 minutes to really get going and you know just to teach everybody and but there's a lot of education and teaching and showing people the potential and i think the end result was that i actually had some interactions with people in the world hop that with people that were actually here at the festival and then you know i actually able to meet and kind of like see other projects that they're working on so it actually can be a bit of a really nice icebreaker and in, in ways of meeting people in a way that actually you have no idea who's behind the avatar a lot of times when you're in vr chat and so it's just kind of a democratizing level on that sense and so yeah i just had a lot of fun exploring the different worlds and the worlds in competition and yeah i feel like the sort of world building and the type of very limited resources and what people are able to pull off is really quite astonishing and so highly recommend folks check out the selection of the different worlds and you know some of the different worlds that were on competition may or may not be available after the festival so so you can check and see some of those decisions have yet to be made but yeah, just a lot of really amazing stuff that's happening in the in the community. And uh, thank you for helping to curate it and keep track of all the tabs and sifting through the diamonds and f d that discovery. You know, <laughs> instead of finding records, you're finding VR chat worlds that you can help share here at Venice. And so I appreciate all the hard work it takes of finding what's new and different out there. And uh, yeah, thanks for sitting down and uh, helping share your story and and for people who have uh, discounted uh, VR chat because they had a bad experience in the bar once and to, to give it a shot so anyway thanks again for joining me on the podcast cheers thank you so that was Mike Salmon. He's been working as a producer with Venice Immersive to help facilitate all the different VR chat world events, as well as to help curate the shortlist for all the different worlds that are being featured there at Venice Immersive. So I've heard a different takeaways about this interview is that, first of all, well, it was great to be able to just sit down with Mike and get his own story and journey coming into VR. Uh, I've had a number of different encounters and interactions with Mike over the years and actually was on the jury of Rain Dance of 2020. This was before there was a selection of VR chat worlds within the context of Venice. Maria from Raindance has a number of different VR chat worlds that she was highlighting. And uh, I think after that, in 2021 and 2022, having this whole VR chat worlds gallery and some of the worlds that are actually from VR chat that are actually being featured within the competition from Gumball Dreams to Type Man, the two immersive theater pieces, as well as these three other worlds from Nama Unki from Kevin Mack. Finns had both the Treasure Heist and they had a couple other experiences of Magic Heist as well as District Roboto as well as uh, Uncanny Alley from Metaric. 
So lots of different great stuff that's happening in the VR chat scene. And yeah, really happy to be able to sit down with Mike and to get a little bit more of that context. There's a whole other 30 VR chat worlds. And if I were to make a recommendation, I really, really enjoyed uh, Dr. Morrow's worlds for both Olympian Knights as well as Organism. Just some mind-blowing world building that's happening in both of those worlds, as well as Finn's. I have a conversation with him to talk about both Treasure Heist, Magic Heist, and District Roboto. Lots of really solid work there. I've really enjoyed the Fractal Worlds and yeah, the Light Worlds, I think, were the other ones where you're interacting with the light and in a way, the the Shadow Factory and Finn's study of District Roboto. And there's another kind of museum of, of dinosaurs that there's some really dramatic lighting that happens there. I think the pieces that have really strong lighting give me at least this deep sense of immersion. I think there's a lot of environmental world building that's happening in the context of VRChat. Lots of really amazing work. And I think over time, I expect to see a lot more aspects of using the environment to be able to tell different stories. So yeah, the Uncanny Alley, I think, is telling deeper stories of the metaverse and critiquing different dimensions of Facebook and Meta and whatever they've been doing. What is it going to look like if we live in a metaverse that is only in the context of these corporate walled garden platforms? That's one of the other things that Mike was really struck by was that Uncanny Alley having the ability to be able to use things like WebXR to be able to have things outside of the normal Unity Unreal Engine and the existing walled gardens out there. So the open metaverse and where that is going. And so I think the Uncanny Alley was a piece that was highlighting that for Mike and just was a really striking thing for him to see immersive experiences that you can do in something like WebXR as well. So that's all that I have for today. And I just wanted to thank you for listening to the Voices of VR podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, then please do spread the word, tell your friends, and consider becoming a member of the Patreon. This is a listen-supported podcast. And so I do rely upon donations from people like yourself in order to continue to bring you this coverage. So you can become a member and donate today at patreon.com slash Voices of VR. Thanks for listening.